there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Varsity Club podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Sitting across from me today, first we have Greg Smith. We're going to talk some football. And then later we're going to have Jacob Padilla to talk some basketball. Greg with a trucker hat that has (laughs) Nebraska Republic. Yeah. In the front of it, it's great. Adrian Martinez has a shirt that has that in front of it. I think I have that shirt, and I saw him wear it. Now I've not, I've not worn it since then because I didn't want people to think I was copying Adrian Martinez. Well, that's not a bad thing. No, but it's a little weird. Is the hat? Is the? Are they both from Triple B yeah. printing? Yeah. yeah, they are. Shout out to them. I haven't got anything, but I see them on my Twitter timeline all the time. All the time. <laughs> all the sure, time. Yeah. How are you? I- I'm very well, man. How are you? Good. It's been a long time since we've had you on the podcast. It has. It has been a long time. I can't even remember the last time. That I was in here. Was it before Big Ten Media Days? Had to have been. Yeah. Huh. You just don't want to have me back, huh? No. It's fine. Nope, I don't. I had football. To force my way in here. <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, football is back, so we have to. I have to talk to you. Um, we had the first open practice, first thirty-ish minutes of open practice on Wednesday of this last week, and you and I were both there for that. And the I guess the biggest storyline right now with the team that was on full display is the center spot. And when Nebraska opened practice up and, and guys were getting warmed up, they had a line of centers snapping the quarterbacks, just doing warm-up handoffs, whatever you want to call that drill. And there was like eight of them. There was uh, – Cam Jurgens was taking part in that. And then there was Ethan Piper and Josh Wegner. Yeah. Wegner? Wegner, yep. Will Farniok, Hunter Miller, AJ Forbes, AJ Forbes. I think I got everyone. I think that's it. That's Lots it. of centers. Yes. Um, and then Jurgens did not take part in eleven on eleven work or team drills. He he had a light practice from what we saw, but there wasn't any like brace or anything. There wasn't any cast or anything anywhere. He looked like he was walking fine. He did. So. Let's start our conversation at the center spot because I think it was you and Brandon both wrote in our kind of like summer recap, sort of fall camp look ahead, like what's the biggest storyline for fall camp. And I think you guys both wrote center. What happens with center? What's your, I guess, level of concern with that position right now? Because we've had conversations off pod and I've told you who I like right now. Yeah. Uh, so what's your level of concern? with that position i have i mean a fair amount of concern but i don't know that it's it's not necessarily even tied to a specific player or like and i guess that the best way to explain it is just to say like so it's not my concern level does not change whether or not cam jurgens ends up being the starting center to start the season even though you know frost and those guys love him right um and they're very like publicly <laughs> about saying how much the potential he has um if it's him if it's will farniak um whoever it is like i'm still going to be slightly concerned because that whoever that player is that wins the job will have not played this position at the collegiate level 
So I'm not. So I'm always just going to be a little nervous about that. Though I think on the back end of this, I think that they could end up in a very good spot. But normally you have to go through some growing pains to get there. And by that I mean, either way, they're going to be starting a very young player at center that conceivably will have that could have that job for multiple seasons. Which down the road, that's how you end up getting to. Oh, we've got this center with all this experience, and this is awesome. But they've got to get there first, and before they even get there, they have to decide on which of those guys it's going to be. Did um, I'm not going to use the phrase that Aaron and I used because it was a little rude? But <laughs> did you did you think that Jurgens was as in shape as he was when we saw him in the spring? <laughs> um, did it look like he has been working out consistently every single day, or did it look like there is something that has hindered him from doing? That? I didn't notice that right away, but I went back and looked at the photos, and yes, it looks like it looks like a guy that maybe had some time away from like strenuous physical activity which is not normal for him right like he's usually he's a guy that obviously had to work very hard and then put that amount of weight on and even before being at that at the weight that he's at now um he worked out really hard before that so that's not i just i feel like it's more of a function of he had some sort of lower leg or lower body injury that kept him away from you know, really getting after it with Zach Duvall. This whole conversation like is so weird. It is. But, like, he's he comes up so often, like, of talking about player body types and, you know, how I just they mean as it relates to Cam Jurgens. He's, like, under the most intense microscope of anybody in this camp. Yes. I, I, would, like, yeah, I would agree. Because if you take the, the two... Like and they're what they're kind of the same, but the the two biggest talking points of the camp, I like Brandon and I said, just what happens at center, but then really it's kind of almost its own separate deal of what's going on with Cam Jurgens. Yeah, like it, it's its own monster of what's happening here, um, and it is fairly amazing that that's the case, considering not only has he not played this position at the college level, he's never played this position, oh. he's never been a center. Like I think we do at some like we have to acknowledge that at some point, no matter how much potential he has there and how powerful of a blocker he might be, he's never played this position. All right, so let's get to my guy that I that I am liking more and more and more, and Frost obviously loves. As I mentioned to Brandon, he talks about him almost as much as he talks about Cam Jurgens. Maybe it's not as effusive praise yeah, as Jurgens gets. Remington. No, he hasn't called him Dave Remington yet. But Lil Will Farniak gets talked about quite a bit. Yeah. And he doesn't look little anymore. No, he doesn't. That was my... That, we walked into practice and I saw him taking center snaps and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy grew up. First of all, he has the best hair of anybody on the team, Jack Stoll included. His hair is great. His hair is good. Is his hair better than Ty Robinson's? What? Ty Robinson has long hair? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice. It's, kind of, it's very. It's kind so of that's sunshiny. that's your answer. Okay, so that is the answer right there. No, okay. Will Fournier's hair is great. It's better okay. than Matt. It's better than his brothers. Okay, I can go with that. And it's it's all the way around, as opposed to Stoll's. So I don't I don't know. It, He's there's not just extra Stoll, though. there. Like, Stoll is great. Like, Stoll's for what it is is amazing. Okay, but Matt has like he could get a Pantene sponsorship after school if he wanted to. Matt Not Matt, Will. Will. Will could get a Pantene sponsorship if maybe he wanted after, to tomorrow. If he locks down the starting center spot for four years, like he might be on his way. So here's here's my thing with him, and we kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday. I It sort of feels like they're in a almost like a win-win situation if Will is ready to go. 
it, from a physical standpoint, if he can mm-hmm. can hold his own and do everything that's asked of him, because you can you can play Will Farniok for the first three games through non-conference. That gives Cam Jurgens a lot of time to make sure everything's healthy, a lot of time to make sure um, he's back in football shape if he's not in football shape already, um, and and that gives Will some very crucial snaps against not bad football teams, but against D1 competition, yeah. and then. Cam, depending on how games against South Alabama and Northern Illinois and Colorado to some extent go, could get in in some mop-up duty and some blowout games. And so then you go into the Illinois game in Week 4, and you can make a decision. Is Cam Jurgens healthy? Do we feel like he's the better option at center? You can roll with him and get him some, some snaps and some reps before the Ohio State game. And then you have two guys who are ready to go for the Ohio State game, and you sort of pick your poison with that one. Or, if Cam's not ready... You've got three games already under Will Farniok's belt where he's feeling confident and you can roll with him into conference play. I don't think that's a bad situation to be in. I mean, both guys are young. Both guys need need live game snaps where the bullets are flying. Yeah. I don't think they're in a bad situation. It's just a matter of do you think that, that Cam Jurgens has the Dave Remington light potential that Scott Frost says he does whether or not he's going to actually hit that in year one, pretty low probability. But I, I don't think, like I said, I don't think they're in a bad spot. The no, I, I, I agree with you there that they're not in a bad spot. The I think that's a great situation for Lil Will, as you like to call it, Lil Will, um, because the the having the opportunity to be the starting center to go out there that as the offense gets rolling, and let's say the offense is rolling, they hit the ground running like a lot of people kind of think they will when they go out there to start the season. His best case would be then, hey, keep me in here. A, I'm playing well if he is, but B, the offense is rolling with me at center. And you don't want to mess that up. Yeah. Like that's how you keep Dave Remington Light on the bench, right? And so it's it's a great opportunity for him. Now, actually, the more I think about it, the more I like the work that Farniak has done because even in the face of all of the public praise for Cam Jurgens, it's clear that Will has just been behind the scenes like steadily working right he's obviously worked to get his body bigger and in better shape um i don't I'm, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head if greg austin has talked any about him in the playbook and kind of making the calls and all of that sort of thing jacob um, has a story on hillvarsity.com the best website in the world great website great website fantastic website jacob has a story on hillvarsity.com about the offensive line greg, Con- greg austin had comments on wednesday so go read that i will read that okay Back to what you're saying. So, so, but, but my point still remains that I'm impressed with the work that Farniak did behind the scenes because I don't know that everyone would do that in the face of like really public critic or public praise. Sorry for a player that could be ahead of them. Like I would be surprised if there weren't discouraged wide receivers, for example, on the team that have been here already because of what's being said about Wandale Robinson. I think sure. that that's just kind of a natural thing. So I, w- I would give him kudos um, for fighting through that. What is another my my because you guys said center was going to be the most. Um, not important, but the the most interesting storyline to follow through fall camp. And I said, what in the world is going to happen with the running backs? That was that was the thing that I thought was going to be most interesting. What were your impressions? Did you get to watch much, first of all, of Dedrick Mills running? Um, or did you get to see any of the things that Ramirez Johnson did? Um, after practice Wednesday, Ryan Held was, was 
very complimentary of Ramir Johnson. And he's like, this guy's got a chance. He's got a chance to be really good. And everybody that you talk to about Dedrick Mills says, like, there's a bunch of different he's, – he's a hammer. He's an animal in the weight room. He will run you over if you get in his way. There's a lot of good things being said about the new guys that have been brought in by Ryan Held. And the guy that we're not hearing a ton about and the guy that we didn't see a ton of is Maurice Washington, not hearing about him for obvious reasons. Um, Jalen Bradley is nowhere to be found. Um, White Missouri, who you don't like. Don't say that. That's <laughs> not true. I knew you were going to say that. I can feel it building. It's not true. White Missouri. <laughs> Brody Belt. Sorry. To, <laughs> yeah, Brody Belt was a star of the spring. We haven't heard much of him. Now, granted, it's only been a week, but what, yeah. what were your impressions of uh, what we have seen and heard from the running backs so far? I did watch um, some of the running backs because I do remember you saying that that was kind of something that you thought was the biggest storyline. I was not as – like, it's a it's a storyline, and especially c- because coming out of the spring, it was such a big storyline because none of these guys that we really mentioned were here. Um, so it was a big – but after seeing them, I, I mean, I'm not concerned about that at all. Really? Like, I honestly – no, not at all. I honestly think – that the basically the the three man rotation or three headed monster of Mills, Washington, and Johnson will be very very good from game one. Like I think that's going to be a really really good mixture of running backs. And probably the most encouraging thing that I saw or heard all week about the running backs was actually about Mills and about his work ethic. Because you, to me, one of the things that was missing in this running back room, and I remember asking Ryan Held about this a little bit in the spring, about how do you have, you don't have a lot of veteran presence in that locker room, either just in age or D1 experience. So how do you have guys that model behavior for all of those guys in the room? And if if Mills is a guy that comes in and is going to be one of the hardest workers in the room, then that sets a tone and sets the example for the room. And that's something that I think you should be really excited about um, because it makes other guys elevate their game and play harder. Yeah, 100%. And Mills has the kind of uh, on-field style that will force mm-hmm. other guys to raise the intensity. Um, yeah. one, of the, one of the most interesting things was I was talking to Colin Miller about him, and he – mentioned pass protection for Dedrick Mills and that it's difficult for linebackers to get past him. Uh, And then he also mentioned his ability to go out and be a competent, capable receiver, which when everybody else is talking about, he will run into a pile and he will move the pile backwards. And then you've got a linebacker who's going against him every down saying, hey, pretty tough guy, but yeah, he can play receiver. I I think that begs the question, and I think we're going to get into this a little bit, is Dedrick Mills going to be the kind of guy that Devon Ozigbo was last season in terms of his usage? Is he just going to be the guy that is going to be the focal point when he needs a rest? It's time for three or four carries from Maurice Washington. You sprinkle in some Wandale Robinson stuff. We'll get to Wandale in a second. Um, Do you you like by-committee approaches in the running backfield? Because... Last year, Ryan Hill talked about, you know, there's there's advantages to having guys that work up a lather and that get comfortable within the flow of a game, and you just keep feeding it to them. Yeah, that that to me is one to, is the next step of like the big question with the running backs to me is how they utilize and use them, because I think that Mills is the type of runner that 
wants to get a bunch of carries in the game and he does get better as the game goes along but I just can't see that being the role that he has here because you want there are so many there are a bunch of guys that you want to get the football to um and and that can carry the football including your quarterback so I don't I don't I just don't know if that's possible for him to do that but hopefully that doesn't mess up his rhythm but the thing but it's also very encouraging to hear someone say like Colin Miller say hey he's hey watch out for him catching the football out of the backfield because if that's the case like you not being not having the substitute on offense because you can keep Mills and Washington and then Robinson and JD out there um, because they can all do everything that you want your guys to do within the offense um, would be a huge bonus like and I think that that's where the value is and having guys that are so versatile like that but also Mills being a guy that's also a downhill runner um, is that you have so many different options that you can utilize. Did you see a uh, wow, holy crap, I can't believe he just did that play from Wando? Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. There was a play, um, I don't remember the quarterback, but it was um, just a throw out to the far side. He caught the ball that looked like he was about to be, at the, I don't know if they were tackling to the ground, but basically tackled. Um, and he made a spin move in traffic and got through there. And that's something that, and just on a dime, full speed, like not, you know, very slow, <laughs> drawn out spin move. Was that during the 11 on 11 drill where they were trying to get a first down? I think so. Yeah, they were live tackling. Okay, so they were hitting. That, like that play to me, it stands out because there are times, and you saw this. You now, I've watched this film enough to have seen it a ton in that. But like even in um, the All American game down in San Antonio, like there are these times where you see him make plays um, that are just like uber athletic. <laughs> like there are not all that many guys on the field that are going to be able to do that or stop that type of plays, um, and that's what makes it so exciting for him getting the ball out there in space. So right. Ryan Held said after practice on Wednesday that Wondell's going to take snaps in the backfield. He's going to be a running back. Now, what I was not expecting was to the degree that it looks like he's going to be. He spent a lot of time taking uh, running back snaps. Like I was talking about the that initial warm-up drill where the center was snapping to the quarterback and they were yeah. just doing a quick handoff. Wondell was over so there with the, back, with the quarterbacks yeah. as a running back. I don't think – like, they have plenty of running backs. It's not like there was a shortage of running backs. But he was over there with um, Adrian Martinez. Yep. You know, do you know what, why I might think that is my, like, somewhat educated guess? Is that – I could it be possible that they are starting to see that it's – Wandale's most effective position and a way to get him the football is out of the backfield – whether or not it's handoffs and like it, not a, it's not a jet sweep, but it's like that handoff sweep that goes to the outside, or it's at the mesh point with the zone read. You can also motion him in that situation, but at the same time, you can also have Maurice Washington, whose best position may actually be or best usage may actually be out wide so then he can also then either run routes and catch passes or he can motion to come through to fake a handoff or he can motion to come back into the backfield there's a lot of different stuff that I just described that could really mess up a defense like is it possible that you're they're starting to try and play with that combination of doing that yeah 100 well think about think about what this offense um wants to do pre-snap it's a lot of window dressing and a lot of moving pieces around to try to get a defense to like start shifting or or tip their hand or start shifting and just be out of position when the ball is snapped so if you've got maurice washington is tall enough to start outside or he's 
quick enough to where like you put him in a slot against a linebacker or something like that, and you, it's over. You can do whatever he wants. Um, there was a video that the, the Husker account tweeted <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, that that's rough on Jamin Grant. Jamin Grant, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. man. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> good luck with that one. Yeah. So, so you've got J.D. Spielman out there. You've got, let's say, Conovai Noah out there. And then you've also got Maurice Washington on the field and Wando Robinson in the backfield. Mm-hmm. You can motion J.D. across the formation. You can bring him into the backfield. You can motion Maurice across the formation, bring him into the backfield. You can motion Wandale out wide. You can do a bunch of different stuff. So on any given play, you have Wandale, Adrian Martinez, J.D. Spielman, Maurice Washington, who are either running or with the three skill guys going out to catch a pass. Yes. That's a it, nightmare. It is, and it can get worse if you for a defense if you add in Mills, who can then take the ball downhill, or if he can actually catch the football. Like it, it, that's a, Those are... Uh, Situations where I'm sure Scott Frost and Trey Walter sit around very excited about what could possibly be, um, which is why, going tying it back to what we started off talking about, um, why that center position is so important. <laughs> like having like average center play this season would be just such a huge boon for this team and this offense. Yeah, average. What yeah, just average. average. I'm average not asking you to be average you know, is best in the league. Which means yeah. you can get away with probably three guys at the center spot. Maybe I, I like AJ Forbes. Maybe I mean yeah. you can probably get away with like Hunter Miller back there. Or up there, I guess. Maybe. Because yeah. if I mean if you've got if you're if you're comfortable with a guy like Bo Wilson at right guard who we haven't heard about at all, which is probably the best compliment they can give. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. Um yeah. Matt Forniak and Brennan Hymas at the tackle positions, you don't have to worry about them anymore. Hickson? Do you like Hickson? Yeah. Do you like Farniak? You just gave like a slight grin. I don't know if oh, you still like. Oh, I didn't like... mean to. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> I was like, you don't like Farniak at tackle still? You no. one of those people? No, no, no. I don't. Okay. Listen, I want him to. He can have a shot to do it, oh, and yeah. I'm not. I'm not one of those people because I just don't think that there is a a solid enough option to take his spot at tackle yet. Like Bryce Benhart's not. It's not ready yet. It's not ready. It's yeah. coming, and I know everybody wants it to be there right now. He is going to be very, very good, Bryce Benhart. Like I, I really believe that, but it's just it's too soon. Yeah, I would have loved for him to got here in the spring. Let's just, that would have been great for him. Yeah, it would have been great for him just from Duvall's perspective. Yeah. Um, so, so Wandale, do you think that we're a little bit too excited about what he can do, or are we? properly amped about the kind of role that he's going to have and the kind of usage that he's going to have. I think we're properly amped for it. Um, so long as you don't think that he's about to catch 100 passes or run for, you know, 1,300 yards. Like, I don't, don't think that it, it, his role this year will lend itself to any of that. Um, but the threat of him, especially if he then goes out and shows that he's, like, as good as people think he is from the beginning, mm-hmm. because then that completely opens up the offense. <laughs> like, And so all of the things that were described um, and how messed up a defense can become with him out there and the other guys um, really becomes reality. If he go that first game, he shows the flashes of, of what we think he can do. So here's what I here's my thought process on the whole like, are we too excited about Wando? I think he can have a Rondo more impact, and that being the focus that he draws from a defense, his ability to to make electric plays happen when he has the ball in his hands. I think he can have that kind of impact, but he will not have um, Rondell Moore's usage. No. Because Rondell Moore caught like something like 33% of 
every single pass that was thrown last year, which yeah, is ridiculous just, for just, one receiver. He's just not gonna. There's too many other options. Um, and you don't you don't necessarily like I don't I don't know if you even want that to be the case because that means something in Nebraska's case that means something went wrong. That means that you know, like Maurice Washington isn't around, or Mills hasn't lived up to his potential, or like something's happening with JD. Like I think that things have gone. It's more likely that things have gone wrong if Wandale has that type of usage. Let's pivot to the defense. The okay. big storyline of this week was JoJo Doman, who was not with the team to start fall camp. He's back with the team now. He was in Colorado rehabbing. Um, the details are. We don't have a lot of details, which is fine. Scott doesn't like to talk about injuries. Um, But he's back now. How do you feel about that outside linebacker position as a whole? And then how do you feel about this JoJo Doman situation? I think it has – that outside linebacker group has the potential to be fine um, with – okay, I think they will be fine with the potential to be pretty good. I guess is how I would I, I describe that. Because if you look at um, Tyron Ferguson, JoJo, Caleb Tanner, and then Alex Davis, who's been like the talk of spring, summer. Alex Davis is everybody's camp. guy. I, Everybody we, loves him. Just going to say it. We gotta, I got to see it to believe it. So That's those, those guys, and right then Garrett Nelson as the fifth guy behind them um, who should play on special teams. Like I think that that's a mix that you can do something with. Now, whether or not that's the fully formed type of group that, they're, that they'll, they would like desire um, going forward is one thing. It's a whole different thing. But I think that that, that group is capable, particularly if Ferguson is healthy. Um, he's shown that he's a good player when he can be out there and healthy. It's whether or not he can be healthy. JoJo has shown the same thing. He's shown the flashes. You just have to see a consistency and you have to see the health. Um, so I think that they can be better than people kind of expect them to be. Because I feel like I find that fans are very, very low on outside linebacker. When I actually think, the big, to me, the bigger concern is inside linebacker. Yep. Because Barrett Root says he wants five guys there and he currently only has three. Yeah. One of them is coming off it. Of- ACL surgery. And the other one used to be an outside linebacker. Right. So, we'll have to we'll have to see it before we believe it with those guys. I think Mo Berry's fine. With the inside guys. Yeah, but everybody else. See the thing too, and I, I did write about Will. I wrote about Barrett and Will Honus, um, and then kind of the recruiting at that position yesterday for the Notebook. And, and the thing that did kind of strike me as I was just kind of going through that was I do I think think that Will Honus is a guy that had, did not get a lot of buzz through the spring, that was Colin Miller, right? Um, and I was on that, I've been on that train, on the Colin Miller train as well, so I'm guilty of it too. But to, to the point to where I almost think that we kind of push Will Honus to the side too quickly, considering, remember back when they got him about how excited he was? We all watched that film, and we saw him destroying people. He had 96 tackles in 11 games in his final season at Butler Community College. Like, he was a guy that was very good as an inside linebacker in JUCO, and the light was starting to come on for him when he got hurt last season. So I think there's a chance that he can be good, but he still has a lot of room to grow, and he is coming off of the injury, so you just don't feel comfortable there. Like, the potential is there. I just don't know if, if I would feel comfortable saying, yes, that's going to happen. But at the same time, I don't want people to forget about Will Honus either. I think the big thing that you mentioned was the light was starting to come on. From a physical standpoint, he was more than ready to just walk yeah, on campus and, said and that, play yeah. right away. But it was about getting comfortable with the speed of the game and getting comfortable or getting 
more comfortable within the playbook and, and getting a little bit more knowledgeable of the playbook mm-hmm. of what the, the scheme is on defense. And so, I mean, theoretically, sitting out, not being able to play and having to sit out means that you have more time to spend in the film room. So guys have said that he, he seems more comfortable on the field. He's shooting his guns more, to borrow a phrase from the coaching staff. Um, so I guess we'll see. It's a, it's a we'll see. The JoJo Doman thing, I don't have as big of I don't I'm not as worried about it, I don't think, because I just like I've seen a bunch of times where a guy who is just chronically injured just wants to get away for a little bit and get a second set of eyes to see what's going on. Maybe he just wanted a different opinion of what was happening or what was going on because he's been injured his entire time here. Yep. So he just went back home to Colorado and, and Scott Frost said Friday there was a set date for him to come back. He was allowed to go, and he came back by the time he was supposed to come back. So everything just moves forward like normal. And they're really excited to have him. Yeah. They're really excited to see what he looks like on the field. So until there's um, – I mean, like, JoJo was, was there Thursday walking around with Ethan Cox, who's one of his best friends on the team. So until there's, like, real voiced displeasure from him, I don't think there's anything to worry about. And I saw him today. Like, like not that – I mean, Frost's word was good enough there on that. But I, I, he walked past me. Um, I was like – Hey, that's JoJo. He was in half pads today, yeah. so he was there. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything else strike you from uh, either what we've heard through the first week of fall camp availability or something that you saw? Yeah, I think the team looks like if this is going to be. This sounds real simple. The team looks better, um, and not. And I don't mean just like hey, they like the, coming off of the summer workouts. Like when you just look at them, and we've seen other teams. Like remember a time seeing like Nebraska and what they look like on the field versus what other Big Ten teams that we they were about to play looked like I think they look closer to those teams now also um, something that really excited me watching them was just kind of watching the lower unit teams so even the second team but even some of the third team guys and seeing that they look like they they don't necessarily belong just quite yet like a Javen Wright was a guy that immediately came to mind on this but running around out there you're like okay that guy could be a player one day like I think to me the the more you start to do that when we go over to those things and see it um, and you get excited for the lower team guys that are coming along the ranks the better it is because that means they're really building that depth and have a lot of young guys they're excited about it was interesting I, I wasn't there and you did not hear this but Frost made the comment Friday that he's had to tell guys to slow down a little bit because they're going a little too fast, which is crazy that they're that's at that insane. point. Think of that from where they were last year. Yeah. Like, but that's that's a great sign. And I don't know, like his next portion of it, like it's a great sign of their understanding of what they're supposed to be doing. Yep. Right. Like there's a couple of ways to take that. It's not just the mentality and the aggressiveness, which is good in itself, but that they feel comfortable in what they're doing is such a big deal for this team. And that's the, uh, one of a handful of big X factors for me heading into this season. And to go hand in hand with that, that also means if Scott is like, hey, let's slow it down a little bit, that means the coaching staff is taking a little bit more time in practice to uh, pause things and be like, okay, here's let's work on this detail here or let's yep. work on this technique here. Whereas last year they weren't doing that because nobody understood what they were supposed to be right. doing. So that they are at the point now where the coaching staff is slowing things down and being like, hey, let's talk about this. Like, what's your leverage here? Where's your technique? Are you in the right gap? Mm-hmm. Things like that, that's a really good sign, yep. I think. A, a small but big thing. Yeah, yep. Greg, you got work to do? I we're going to get Jacob on and talk some basketball. So thanks for taking 30 minutes. Yeah, thanks for finally having me back. I, uh, <laughs> <gasps> now you get to be on next week just because of that. That's fine.
Jacob Padilla joining now. Made a trip back from Italy to be on the podcast this week. <laughs> are you flying back right after this, or are you going back later this evening? Uh, I mean, they don't play again until Monday, so I figure I could probably wait. You got a couple days back weekend. then. Yeah, yeah. I stay, stay here for a couple days before heading back. Got volleyball media day today, so got to take care of business on uh, that beat as well. Let's talk about basketball. I don't want to talk about volleyball. I don't know wow. anything about volleyball. Oh, I don't know hater. anything about volleyball. volleyball. Hater. I don't know anything about volleyball, first of all, so I wouldn't be able to offer anything we, of value. What, you already ta- forgot everything we taught you uh, at the tournament last year? That was one time, and it was last December, and if you think I remember that, you are wrong. I don't remember what I had for lunch last week, so... Alex, ha- Alex has arguments with me all the time, and I'll say something has happened, and she'll be like, okay, when did that happen? Give me specific <laughs> examples. And I lose arguments because I can't give her specifics. I know it happened. I know it made me upset. I can't remember specifics or the details of what happened, and that's how I lose arguments. And it's well, the most frustrating thing ever. Start taking notes. My memory sucks. I just need to keep a notes app yeah. on my phone every time we have an argument. Exactly. This happened 12.02. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee house. Um, I, that's a will quote. that will that help or hurt your relationship? Do you uh, think? I mean, I don't know. If I start winning arguments, I don't think it'd be good for my longevity. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get back on track. The team is in Italy, and you have gotten to watch. Is it one game now? The first. So only one. one game has been streamed. Correct. Um, the other, they've played two other games, and it was apparently hot enough in there to where it melted all the cameras. So they were not allowed to be streamed. Yeah, I, I was told uh, SID Seamus McKnight did, uh, didn't even have power for his laptop in the gym. There weren't even like any outlets or anything. Well, uh, it was, I think it was Ben McLaughlin that said that they weren't even turning on the lights in the arena correct. until like right before tip-off because it was so hot. Yep. So um, cool, good, good for Italy, I guess. <laughs> it's surrounded by water. Why is it so hot, first of all? Um, let's talk about what you saw in the first game because it's been the first time we've se- you've seen the team actually go against um, other competition. Yeah. So did you have takeaways? Are we at a point where we can have takeaways about this team? What did you see? Well, I wrote 1,100 words after the one game we got to see, so I did have some takeaways. Um, and then I've kind of been reading off of the, the recaps that Seamus has sent us, listening to the interviews that Ben McLaughlin's done with the players and coaches. So going to follow along as best I could and all that stuff's up on hillvarsity.com so feel free to go over there and check that out under the basketball tab but um, it's kind of been interesting they've they started different lineups every game the, the, the guys that have started every game are the two seniors uh, Matei Kavas and uh, Hanif Cheatham so those guys have been uh, studying the lineup but they've kind of worked a lot of different guys in there outside of them uh, Thorier Thorbjörn-Yarnarsson um, has gotten two starts so far, um, and he's continued to do his kind of little glue guy things. He got his first dunk in this last game, which they caught on video and um, kind what of was shocked. His first dunk? First in-game dunk. Oh, um, good for him. Yeah. No, and his dad and his parents were in the stands, which is awesome. Oh, um, that's cool. I remember his freshman year when he wasn't playing at all, when he came in and knocked down a couple of shots, scored eight points, which is most of his output for the entire season. But his parents were also in Lincoln for that game. So we just need to have his parents on hand for every game he plays. And then his dad was there at the Big Ten tournament. Okay. So he, yeah. sa- he seems to save his best basketball for when his parents are there. Unfortunately, they live so in Iceland. Selfish. So um, I don't know that getting them there every game is feasible. But it was good for him that he's able to kind of have that – happen in front of his parents but uh 
So that's another one. A lot of people were even still pretty hesitant when he was the one guy that Hoiberg decided did fit what he wanted to do of the guys coming back outside of Deshaun Burke. Um, so good for him. I mean, he's not uh, he hasn't hit double figures in any games. He's one, two, three buckets a game. But rebounds, assists. He had in the in the first game he had two really nice like passes to backdoor cutters for buckets. Um, kind of got him the ball at the high post and he uh, delivered it in traffic right on the, the money. Um, so that's kind of been interesting, but they've had different guys lead them in scoring every game. Uh, the first one was Gervais Green with 15 points, and um, from what I saw, it was a lot of he's he's a big he's got a big frame for a guard, and he, he used does. it well. He had some strong takes to the rim, some athletic finishes. Um, so he ended up with 15 in that one. In the second game, Cheatham and um, uh, Deshaun Burke finished with 20 apiece. Um, so it's good to see those guys kind of working together. And then this last game, um, freshman Samari Curtis um, led him in scoring. Um, Hoiberg really likes him. Yeah, he, he – I mean, anytime you average 34 points a game in high school, I mean, it doesn't – 34 points a game speaks for itself, kind of no matter where you're at, what um, what level you're playing at. Like that, that shows that – He's got a knack for putting the ball in the basket, sure. and he showed that. And he's gotten plenty of playing time. Um, he he started uh, in the I think he might have started the last two games. Um, so they're they're working with a whole lot of lineups, experimenting a ton, and a lot of different guys are stepping up at different times. Burke is leading them in scoring. He's got forty two points in three games. Uh, I kind of wrote before you saw um, uh, John Rothstein did his. And is taking his annual summer tours of practices or whatever and puts out his projected starting five and Burke was not in it and I mentioned that with, with Cam Mack um, not playing not going on this trip that big opportunity for Burke to kind of step in there and play a big role and make that decision really tough on Fred Hoiberg and I think he's done that for the most part he got off to a little bit of a slow start with some uh, some weak finishes and not great shots early on but kind of turned it around he's gotten a few dunks down over there um he apparently he blocked somebody at the rim and uh based on some of ben mclaughlin's tweets like he, he's doing a lot of stuff and hoiberg wanted to see him do more of the simple plays uh, he, he's been impressed with his scoring uh instincts but he's tried to do too much at times and um again we didn't get to see the last two so i have no idea how much of that he's doing but um that was something a, a focus for him but Overall, I think he's made a good impression. Got a lot. Mate Cavas, um, definitely lead him in three pointers made over there. I think he's he knocked down three apiece in the last two games. Had two in the first game, um, so that's kind of what they brought him in here to do, and that's what he's been doing so far. Sounds like they've hit a ton of threes over the last couple of games. Yeah, and that's I I think they hit like seven or something in the first game, seven or eight. Like I didn't think they shot particularly well. I didn't. I didn't realize we weren't getting any kind of box score or anything, and uh, I sat down late because of basketball or football practice, so I didn't get to keep a full box score myself for that game. But it didn't feel like they shot particularly well, but um, they knocked down 10 threes in the second game. Um, then they came out, the first four buckets were threes uh, in, in the third game. Um, and a lot of different guys kind of getting in the mix there. So, yeah, it seems like they kind of worked off some of the jet lag from getting over there, and they're starting to shoot at a high level, which is what Hoiberg wants to see for sure. So the, the third game, the, the most recent game, they were up big in the second quarter and then sort of blew it in the third quarter, and then it was a close finish 
uh, through the fourth quarter. They won by it was it 73-70, Yep. Right. It sounded like they hit a three late. It was like a six-point game. Is that just kind of like you're just going to get games like that with the way that this team is going to play? Because you made the comment. We were in the the office together on Wednesday, and and we were both like, this is going to be a fun team to watch. Because we saw Gervais Green throw an oop off the backboard. Like, this is going to be a fun team to watch. But when you have a team like that that shoots at a bunch, that shoots a bunch of threes, like you're going to have off nights, you're going to have cold nights sometimes – you know, you're gonna have shots that go in in the second quarter that don't go in in the third quarter. Is just is this just like this is just the territory that we're gonna have, or was that anything that's like well, defense slipped a little bit. I know you didn't get to watch, yeah. but what was what was Hoiberg's, um, I guess, what was his analysis of the game afterwards? Yeah. Um, so I believe Matt Abdelmasi was a coach that talked afterward, and uh, Thor was the player, and um, they kind of talked about how like a lot of things that. They did well. The teamwork, all the, the the basic concepts that they're trying to ingrain in those guys was there in the second quarter. So it was tied 22-22 um, at the end of the first. And then I believe they outscored them 31-7 to in the uh-huh. second quarter. Yep. And then I think lost the second half 42-20 uh, to 20 or something like that. Um, it Yeah, it wasn't great. But uh, they... they <laughs> Uh, it, it sounds like kind of the teamwork slipped. Um, obviously, shots weren't going in, but kind of the way they played wasn't what they wanted to see and what they had done early on. And that's kind of the one of the big things that Hoiberg wants to see from these guys during this trip is fighting through adversity, which they did not do well in practice and in the workouts prior to the trip. So I, I still don't think they handled it well. It, it, in th- that game, but they did well enough to at least come out with the win. So it's uh, maybe a little bit of progress there. And they made some plays down the stretch to steal it when it, they easily could have just kind of let it, it get away from them. And um, so I, I think it's maybe a little bit of progress, not as much as they want to see, but it is. they did play the same team back-to-back days in a really hot gym, like you mentioned. Um, so it, it's hard to know what all the takeaway in terms of like the actual basketball stuff, but um, I I think it's just a new team trying to come together and figure out how to play together, and that's that's what this trip is about more than anything else. Is guys just kind of learning each other, and learning how the coaches want them to play, kind of how to interact with the coaches, all those type of things. I was just about to ask you that. What's the what's the main benefit of this? Do the results matter here? Because Nebraska's playing. I mean, it seems like they're playing competition that is below them, so they should be winning. Do the do the results matter here, or is it more is the team gelling? Are guys is Fred figuring out who can play with who and what kind of lineups he can throw? Yeah, out there? Uh, I won't, I won't say the results don't matter at all. You'd obviously rather win than lose. Sure, but at the end of the day, they've got one more game, and then the, this record goes away. Um, the record honestly doesn't even exist right now. It's it's all they're playing all twelve guys, including uh, three walk-ons. Charlie Easley has actually gotten Charlie plenty of run with the uh, the the regular rotation with Cam Mack not there. So um, I, ultimately, it is about working out uh, some of the kinks, trying to figure out how guys play. Like even like the rotations, like that that'll mix up when Mack gets back and they have the and Ivan Drago joins the fold and. Um, a cold rope and all those guys like they'll they'll get everybody there and then they'll have to re kind of figure out the rotations but in terms of learning how each other plays 
I think that's the most important part. Knowing, hey, this guy likes the ball here. Oh, hey, here's my here's my shooter. This is where I got to get him the ball. Oh, hey, um, this guy's gonna run it, so I got to push it up, look up the court every single time. Like all those types of things. Just kind of the little things about how guys like to play. Because again, none of these guys, outside of some pickup games, some some practice situations, none of these guys have played together before this week. Are you gonna help me build the Doc Siler statue at PBA <laughs> after the the gladiator like? tweet did you see that that was I, the most amazing thing ever i yes are, are you, you not, not entertained, entertained? In, indeed I it think. looked like they were in a coliseum too husker nation is very much entertained by doc sadler's antics i uh i, I talked he to tweeted a picture of fred getting food yeah I, just a picture and it was a it was a far away picture that he had to use the zoom on his camera for i was thinking to myself there's a lot of space between these two right now just walk closer to yeah i I was talking with a couple of the walk-ons uh, and a couple, like some of the local kids that I know before they went on the trip, and I told them good luck and said, just make sure Doc doesn't cause an international incident. That's all. <laughs> that's all I wanted. Just come back safely. Don't, don't, don't let him get himself into trouble over there. Just have some fun, and uh, it looks like he's certainly doing that. Doc is a character, and I, I'm, I'm very glad that we have him. Just from a social stand, I'm sure. I'm sure the social team is very excited to have Doc Sadler back. That, well, they don't even have to do anything, and we're just retweeting no, what he's doing on his on own. Yeah. <laughs> you just put a camera on him, and, and you get stuff like that. Because I guarantee you, nobody asked him, "Hey, Doc, go do this. This will be great." Oh, yeah. I guarantee you, Doc was like, "Let's do it." <laughs> are you not entertained? Yeah, it was great. So, Jacob, what are you what, what are you working on? Uh well with volleyball coming up yeah what's I'm happening just kind of prepping for uh the media day today we gotta gonna have a big uh kind of season preview roster overview all that kind of stuff in our next issue of the magazine so today will be huge for that in terms of getting um some insight from the players some quotes and the coaches and everything we'll learn uh the new uh, uh the motto for the season the mantra um that's always fun they always get really creative and clever with it um so I'm looking forward to kind of hearing what they're going with today and then uh next week we, we got the last uh game i have no idea who knows if it's going to be streamed if we're going to have anything beyond the press release uh from Sheamus but I'll, I'll keep an eye on that and then after that it's all into football for the rest of the week when does the uh when does the volleyball issue come out why are you asking me that it's... i don't i don't know distribution dates um well <laughs> what month is it uh it's it's the next issue. Okay. So it's coming out. Okay. Yeah. So that would be okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, the the uh behind the glass uh our we're trying to get all our features done by the end of this weekend for this issue. Okay. There so, you go. So that that's what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> you will have the volleyball issue soon, basically, is yes. what Jacob is saying. So that, uh you can subscribe to the magazine at store.hillvarsity.com. That's how you can make sure that you get the volleyball issue. It was really good last year, so I would highly recommend getting it again. Um, we will have stuff on HailVarsity.com all throughout uh, the weekend and throughout the rest of the week and basically the rest um, of time. The rest of like until January when Nebraska has got a couple weeks off before they play in the national championship. So, um, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> We are on Spotify now. The podcast is on Spotify now. So um, follow on Spotify if you listen to music there. You should. That's what I use. Or we're on Apple Podcasts. So you can go into, I don't know if it's still iTunes or if it's just the Apple Music Store, whatever it's called. But subscribe to the podcast on um, 
whatever Apple platform it is. And we're also on SoundCloud if you uh, want to use that instead. So subscribe to the podcast. I guess review the podcast. Rate it if you like it. Um, we'll be back next week. Jacob, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys.